Hello, and welcome to the Body and Food Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Vanessa Preston, trauma-informed mental health social worker, psychotherapist, and nutritionist. I'm the creator of the Body and Food Freedom Project, a women's group focused on helping women make peace with food and their bodies. I know firsthand how dieting, food restriction, and body shame can steal our joy and have us playing small in our own lives. But I also know the freedom and liberation that comes with breaking free from diet culture, making peace with food, and learning to respect our bodies. Follow along as I speak with you and my guests about concepts including shame, self-compassion, intuitive eating, body image healing, and all things trauma, mental health, and therapy. I'm so happy to have you here. Grab a cup of tea and your headphones and let's get started. Hi everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Body and Food Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Vanessa Preston, and I'm really excited for this conversation with you today. Um, I'm not sure when this will actually be released, Um, But for me, it's a Friday morning and I just recorded a podcast episode for my mentor, um, Stephanie uh, Dodier. I hope I didn't just butcher her last name. I should totally get it right. Um, But so, yeah, so I just recorded an episode for her podcast and it really inspired me to do this one and have this conversation with you now. I was reflecting too that on the lead up to being on her podcast, I cannot tell you how nervous I was. And I noticed um, after all the work I've done on myself, I still noticed the imposter syndrome sort of pops its head. Um, It pops its head out and I did notice that. And, but the difference is it doesn't sit in the driver's seat for me anymore. I can sort of recognize it and go, Oh, okay. You know, you're my imposter syndrome. You're here, which means I'm going to do something brave. Um, And so I almost take it as a compliment to myself now and a sign that, okay, yep. I'm going outside of my comfort zone. I'm feeling a little bit scared and that's okay. Um, and I've learned to be really gentle with myself. So it was a good lesson in that, that sometimes the imposter syndrome and things like that do pop up. Uh, but I think it's learning to respond differently to them. So, okay. Today's, um, topic, I wanted to talk to you about the not good enough voice. And I think as soon as I say that, I think most women can absolutely relate to having that inner dialogue, those stories that we tell in our heads about not being thin enough, not being smart enough, not being qualified enough, you know, just not being enough. And I think that can tap into these core beliefs of, you know, I'm not lovable and I'm not worthy. And This is something that I see most people dealing with in my clinical practice. It's definitely something that showed up for me off and on throughout my own life and definitely in my own body and food journey, um, definitely in my career. I can't tell you how many times I've had these, these thoughts of, 
you know, not, not having enough experience or not having enough qualifications or, you know, whatever the story is that I'm telling myself at the time. Um, so I have so much compassion for you if you can relate to this right now, because it's pretty painful stuff to deal with. And so, you know, what I wanted to explain is that this not good enough voice, what sits underneath it is shame. It stems from shame. And Brene Brown's definition of shame is what I like. And it is shame is an intensely painful feeling or experience of believing that we are flawed and therefore unworthy of love and belonging. And, you know, shame, I think one thing that can be helpful when we're talking about shame is it sort of plays versions of two stories, right? One version is I'm not enough, which is what I sort of referenced a minute ago, right? Some version of I am just not enough. The other tape it plays is who do you think you are? Who do you think you are to go back to school and study? Who do you think you are to show up at the beach in your bathing suit? Who do you think you are um, to, you know, think about moving into a different career? Like, who do you think you are to stand up and give that presentation? Who do you think you are to go to that interview? You sort of get the picture. It shows up when you know, we're being courageous and taking up space and using our voice and maybe doing something scary. And with shame, I think it can be quite helpful to distinguish between shame and guilt. And so guilt is sometimes a healthy feeling, right? Like you think about the role of guilt and often it is, it shows up when we've done something that goes against our value system, and it, it shows up to often help us move towards maybe taking some responsibility for what we did that went against our value system. It shows up to maybe encourage us to apologize or make a repair. So it can be helpful. Guilt labels the behavior, right? So guilt is, I, I made a mistake, whatever that mistake is. Shame, on the other hand, Shame is this all-encompassing feeling. Like I said, it can be quite painful. And shame labels our whole entire human selves. So guilt is I made a mistake and shame is I am the mistake. And, you know, shame needs a few things to grow. It needs judgment. It needs secrecy and it needs isolation Shame has this way of convincing us that we're not worthy of connection with other people. And so I see this show up for women, you know, and whether it is that they, because of their body shame, maybe they, they withdraw from intimacy or they disconnect in their relationships or they cancel I don't know if any of this sounds familiar where they cancel, you know, events, or I know I've talked about this off and on on this podcast, but for me, it often, and I see this too, I know it's so common, but for me, it showed up when it was like an activity that required me to be in a bathing suit. The body shame was so much that, you know, I would 
pretend I didn't want to be in the water or for a really long time, I wanted to try stand up paddleboarding and I didn't. Um, so it's shame has this way of robbing us of these opportunities to experience joy and connection. And, you know, when we're thinking about where does this not good enough voice come from, um, it comes from a lot of sort of different layers of influence and systems, right? So, um, it absolutely can stem from our childhood and the relationship we have with our parents. And so if we, for example, had an overly critical mom, or if we had an absent father, or, you know, if we grew up in an environment in a family environment where there was this huge emphasis on achievement and, you know, being the best, um, or if we grew up in an environment where, um, you know, there was this huge emphasis on work on, on our bodies and what we look like and our appearance and our weight, you know, what happens is we learn that our worth comes from those things. And, and then we can judge ourselves based on that for a lifetime. And so the not good enough voice absolutely comes from some of these experiences we have, like I said, in our childhood and with our parents, it can also come from the school environment. You know, I've worked with a lot of clients who have um, attended schools where there's a big emphasis on grades and achievement and, um, you know, really high pressure. And that is internalized and that can, you know, create things like perfectionism, which I'll tell you, shame is what rests under perfectionism too. Perfectionism is just what we use to sort of armor against it. Um, and so it can come from our school environments. If we were bullied, for example, um, you know, my sister, I don't think she would mind at all if I shared this, but I saw her experience relentless bullying about her body and her weight and really impacted her. And so, you know, if, if you have that experience, often that can influence this inner dialogue and this not good enough story that we tell ourselves um, when it comes to body image, things like diet culture, right? Like all these advertisements that we're bombarded by and all these messages, these manufactured messages that we get that our bodies are supposed to look a certain way and that we're supposed to diet to achieve it. That sends messages of not being good enough. And so really we're surrounded by these things that can influence this voice. And I think a really important part when you're thinking about this not good enough voice or this voice of shame is learning to really identify it and create some curiosity around it. You know, that voice is not yours. I don't know if that sounds weird to you, but that voice is not yours. That is a voice that has been conditioned to be there. And it has learned that I have to be all of these things to be good enough and to have a sense of worth. And so it really is, you know, creating a bit of space of that voice. Let's be curious about what's shaped that, where has that come from? And recognizing, like I said, that it's not yours. I think naming that voice can be helpful. Um, you know, shame gremlins, uh, the shame spiral, the shame cycle, um, the shame shit show, you know, 
but naming it can help because it, then it gets it sort of outside of you. Um, and, you know, I think about what do we know from research is the anecdote to shame and to this not good enough voice. And the anecdote is a few things that I'll talk through with you. One is compassion. Another one is connection and vulnerability and empathy and disclosure. And so I'll start with vulnerability, you know, vulnerability, opening up, we are risking emotional exposure. It can be, it can feel really tricky and scary if you're not used to opening up. Um, But with vulnerability, we need boundaries. And when I say boundaries, you don't have to disclose everything to everybody. We want to be really, you know, safe about who, who are the people in our lives where we know that we can be vulnerable with where where they meet us with empathy and understanding and they're not judging us so really thinking about who in my life can I open up to Uh, that might be a therapist that might be a coach that might be a dear friend Um, but really having a think for yourself of who do I have in my life that I really can open up to and start sharing some of my stories of shame or where I don't feel good enough because often you realize you're not alone. Shame has this way of convincing us we're just completely alone in what we're feeling. And so often when we open up and connect, we realize, oh, you feel this too? You know, I'm not alone in this. Um, So that's a really important part of a shame resiliency practice. compassion is another one and compassion can be a bit tricky for people if they did not receive that sort of soft kinder compassion during childhood it can feel really foreign it can feel not you know familiar and you know one of the key questions with compassion which I talked about in an earlier episode is how would I treat my best friend or my child in this situation um And, you know, there's no way that we would be as critical or harsh or judgmental with our our child or our best friend. So it's sort of thinking about how can I invite in that softening towards myself um, like I would with someone else. And I think, too, one of the practices that I suggested on Stephanie's podcast, if you've listened to that, I'm not sure whose will come out first, but um, is something that I do in clinical practice and something that I do in my own life is, you know, placing a hand on my heart and a hand on my tummy and taking some deep breaths and really trying, like thinking about someone in our lives who do, you know, provide us with unconditional love or support where they are kind. And look, this can be a grandparent. This can be our pet. Like, our pet, you know, how, how much do they unconditionally love us? We can walk through the door and look like anything and they have love for us and they're happy to see us. So really thinking about your pet or someone who brings a sense of tenderness and care. And, and like I said, having your hand on your tummy and your hand on your heart and breathing in the love and the care that you imagine receiving from that person. And it really is like a hug from that person or a hug from your cat or your dog. And it's a way of settling your body and it's a way of bringing in some compassion. Um, And 
like I said, I know that can be tricky for some people, but it does take practice. Um, even if you just have to start with thinking about what would it be like to be softer or kinder to myself, right? And just sitting with that question for a little while, that can be a starting point too. Um, I think with shame too, it's looking at where have we attached our worth? And really a better question is where have we been taught to attach our worth? So have I been taught, which I I experienced this, my worth was in what I physically looked like and my body appearance. And I think that's something most women learn um, is my worth in my career and in my achievements. And am I sort of constantly hustling for my worth and, um, you know, spinning my wheels for the next thing. Um, So it's worth journaling or talking to a therapist or a coach about where have I attached this worth. Um, And so One of the things I wanted to mention is I have, I think I've mentioned on here before, but maybe just a reminder that on my website, which is greenlifepsychology.com and on my Instagram, the link in the bio, um, I have a free guide for dealing with this not good enough voice. And I really try to include some helpful, practical information in that. Um, And so if you want to go download that, please go do that. It's a great resource. Um, And so, yeah, I think this has probably been a really short and sweet episode. But like I said, I was just inspired after uh, doing Stephanie's podcast to really talk through a little bit of this. Um, Something in my group program is we do look at developing a shame resiliency practice which this is kind of the start of that, what I'm, what I'm sort of teaching you. Um, and we do, you know, work to facilitate self-compassion. Um, and so, yeah, this is a key part of uh, what I teach with my group program and with my clients. Um, so I hope this has been helpful. Um, as usual, if you want to shoot me a message on Instagram or you have questions, feel free to send them through. Um, if you have ideas for future episodes that you want me to talk about, feel free to send that through too. And I will see you at the next episode. Thanks for listening. And I hope today's episode has been helpful. Please like and subscribe to this podcast and take a second to give me a five-star review on iTunes. That really helps get this message out to other women who need it. You can also find me on Facebook and Instagram at Green Life Psychology. You can click in the link in the Instagram bio to learn more about the Body and Food Freedom Project, my 16-week online program where I teach and facilitate sessions live. Have a great week and I'll see you at the next episode.